properties are cozy and snugged. We own many properties. Why is that important? Because that's one way how to make money. And that's one way how to feed your family. I love it. Good job. Hello, hello, hello. I'd like to welcome everybody to a special edition of the Black Wall podcast. Um, this is a special episode. It's unplanned. It's going to be off our schedule. But it's extremely important that it happens because this is a financial literacy and investment podcast. And as investors, we have to keep our eyes on all the markets that would affect our industries. So every morning I dedicate time to watch the markets, whether they be here in North America, Europe, and sometime if I stay up late enough, I'll catch Asia. But this week in American history, financial markets have experienced some things that have to be chronicled and talked about as well as um, I feel it's my responsibility <clears throat> to raise the red flag and alert the family of the black wall about what's going on if you don't already know. So we've experienced this past week of March the 11th, so the week of March the 11th, which would be Saturday, my youngest daughter's birthday. Happy birthday, Lily Meyer. So we've experienced two regional bank collapses in the past week, which is unprecedented. If you don't see the writing on the walls, if you don't hear the alarm bells going off, if your spidey senses aren't going off, if the hair on the back of your neck is not standing up as an investor, I, I, I can't help you right now. The definition of a regional bank is a bank that holds $10 billion or less dollars in its balance sheet. That's, that's the definition. That's what it is. So the Federal Reserve defines a community bank is anything less than the $10 billion, right? So that's deposits, assets, anything that the bank holds in its balance sheet. If it's under $10 billion value, it's a community bank. It seems like community banks aren't getting hit as hard um, for whatever reasons. But these regional banks over the past 10 years, 20 years have become very specialized and they lend to industries, it seems like now. And so that is that is just the, the, the framework that we're in in today's economy. So Silvergate Bank and Silicon Valley Bank have both gone under this past week. They both have assets above 
that $100 billion mark. So if $200 billion banks can go under because of rising interest rates as well as assets across all asset classes, whether it be equities, commodities, real estate, everybody's taking a price cut. Everyone's taking a haircut. So the assets that they have on their balance sheet, crypto as well, the assets they have on their balance sheet are just not worth what they lent the money against, right? So the thing about banks is that they borrow short but lend long. So your bank borrows your deposits. They borrow from the Federal Reserve. They borrow money from the financial banking system of our country. And they're charged interest. How they make money is by charging us more interest. And they make the spread. But usually they're loaning the money longer than they have promised to borrow it, right? So they're not borrowing money from the Federal Reserve for 30 years. They're not borrowing the money for Federal Reserve for five years. But they're lending it to you for that at a certain rate. But the issue becomes is now the things that you gave for collateral or somebody else gave for collateral, if they're worth less money, than what the loan was underwritten for, they're underwater. The bank is now underwater. And because regional banks don't have the ability to push off these losses as long as the bigger multinationals do, at some point it becomes what they call you have to realize your losses, right? So your realized losses are the losses that you had on your balance sheet that now you have to cash in. You actually have to make it right. So without boring you with too much of the nuance of it, there's a certain ratio and like, I guess, equilibrium that the banks have to have in order to keep in business. Right. So let's say for just rough numbers, let's say you have one hundred thousand dollars in deposits as a bank. You are not allowed to loan out or be leveraged more than such and such times that right call it three times four times ten times i'm not 100 percent sure but it is a certain number because of the law that you're not allowed to lend more than that what your assets are actually worth so silvergate specifically was known as the crypto bank okay so if you were trying to start a coin stable or whatever you would have to go to this bank because no one else would underwrite you and they would loan you the money to start up your crypto company. When FTX went under and the Sam Bankman Freed dude, who's a crook and is going to go to jail. But when, when that whole debacle happened with those billions and billions and billions of dollars missing, that bank was the one who had to, Realize those losses. They underwrote the majority of that shenanigans. So, yeah, they put it off until 2023, but they knew this problem was here in 2022. We all knew the problem was here. We just didn't know who exactly his creditors were. And they did a very, very extensive job to redact the creditors in the bankruptcy proceeding of FTX. 
because they didn't want to run on the bank. They knew that once everyone figured out who was holding all this bad debt, the bank would crumble. Well, the bank did crumble. It just took a couple months later because at some point you have to realize your losses, right? So that's no different between us as mom and pop investors, as they call us. You can get deep into a project. You can keep shoveling money into it. You can, you know, lie to everyone about how much you overpaid for it and how fucked you are. But at some point, you're going to have to realize those losses, right? So we've got regional banks and and national banks now. Both have gone under, both categories, in one week, in one region, the West Coast, right? So now... We can either sit here and say, oh, this is just a technology upstart, you know, Silicon Valley problem. I I don't believe that because the banks are borrowing from other banks. So if two of these banks have gone under, who did they borrow money from in the system? Right. What 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 banks now that were bigger than them or in cahoots with them are going to have to realize the losses on their balance sheet? So this isn't this isn't contained at all. This is a major issue, guys. That's why I have to do this. This is like, come on now, we have to nerd out for a second. We actually have to put on our thinking caps, as they used to say when we were in grade school. We can't just uh, point and pray. This is serious shit. Two banks in one week. So then also the news came out. FDH. FDIC, okay, FDIC insurance for our bank accounts only covers $250,000. So there's a lot of nameless companies right now, right, in that region, Silicon Valley, that cannot make payroll on Monday because they had all their payroll money in these banks. And the FDIC insurance only covers 250000 And their payroll is more than that. So on Monday, we're going to hear about some companies that are doing some layoffs and and have to shut down because they can't pay their staff. Because these banks went under. Roku, we all know Roku. I have them in all my places. It's a great great thing. Roku's great. Roku had 25% of their reserves, of their cash reserves. Do you understand? Their cash, 25% of their cash was in Silicon Valley Bank. And they're saying they can't get that back because it's way more than $250,000. So Roku, major company, just lost 25% because of this bank. Other companies are coming out and admitting that they they have deposits with this bank also, and they're, 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 their deposits are lost, Right? So that means at some point Roku, right, is going to have to realize that loss of 25% because of somebody else's fuck up. So what do you think they're going to do? Roku's going to have to start cutting, right? They're going to have to start streamlining, focusing on the parts of their business that actually make them money. And God knows what other companies are attached to this shit. God knows what other banks are about to go down. Right. So. I have to talk about this because I've been noticing some shit. It seems like. Whether it be pushed in marketing or otherwise, that there are certain banks out there. 
that are trying to get their name in the easy lending to real estate, right? Essentially, let's make it so it's so easy where anyone can do it. We'll take your collateral, no problem. There's a problem. Is that we all know that the evaluations for our real estate and our portfolios and our equities and everything else, the evaluation is coming down over the next five years. That's okay. Like we don't, as investors, we don't have to pretend like every year things are going to go up. Every year we're going to make money. Every year everything's going to be great. No, that's not real. That's not investing. That's not, that's not like, I don't even understand that thinking. That's that free money era shit which is now coming to a crash. Think about it. If two banks that hold, I know for a fact, Silver Valley, they said had over $217 billion in assets on books. And that run on that bank happened in 36 hours. I watched it. I watched it. I watched the stock drop so fast that they had to stop trading on it. And then three hours later, the California officials and regulators shut the bank down and put it into receivership. That happened in in, in 36 hours. Okay? Hello, is anyone listening to me? These are billion-dollar operations. And if they get it wrong and they're overexposed, they're done. So what do you think would happen to us? We don't have the legal team. We don't have the marketing. We don't have the analytics. We don't have any of that shit. They have it all, and they still couldn't stop it from coming. Be careful about being over leveraged. Be careful about being in one industry. You don't want to be known as the one industry pony. Right? Look at what happened to them. One is known as the crypto bank and the other one was known as the startup bank. They would they would book and uh and finance all the startups in Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley Bank. Right? And they were right up underneath the guidelines and the watch of the San Francisco Federal Reserve. So once again, these two banks now have gone under And there are hundreds of billions of dollars that are missing. Okay. They're missing because, because it's gone in one region, San Francisco area, Bay area. Now, do we really think that's not going to move anywhere else? That doesn't even sound right. Right. That doesn't sound right. Use your fucking common sense. Something's up. The crypto bank has crashed. Crypto has crashed. The venture capital bank has crashed. So that means there's going to be no funding for startups. That means that the banks that are existing, that are getting the deposits of the, the companies that made it out, they're tightening up all their criterias. There's, there, no one's going to go out on the limb and lend money like this anymore, at least for the next 10 years. Look what happened. This is the same thing that happened in 2008, when all the big banks were in the subprime shit with the houses, once they got burned, 
you can't go to the big banks and get that stuff anymore. You had to start going to the community banks and the regional banks to get the specialty program lending stuff. And now look, they're failing. So if you don't think that this is going to have ripple effects, and if you don't think that this needs your attention as an investor to be active in managing your investments in your portfolio, then I don't, I, I, man, I don't know what else I can do besides have this podcast, give the information, tell you to look it up, research banking procedures and how banking works and how these types of collapses are directly going to affect our industries as investors in the next three months, six months, nine months, right? 12 months, 18 months. This is real. This just happened literally on the 10th of March, 2023 is when Silicon Valley Bank officially collapsed. That's why I'm doing this because we have to chronicle this. This is some shit that you'll never see again in our lives, hopefully. And then Silvergate Bank just collapsed 48 hours before that in the same week. So Silvergate, they wind up splitting up their assets and other banks absolve their assets or absorbed, excuse me, absorbed their assets. Like how they broke apart Lehman Brothers and all the other big uh, institutional banks that got broken apart and saved the last time. I believe they might have let Lehman fail. They let Lehman fail, and they they uh, they broke up Goldman, I believe. So let me correct myself. But any way you slice it, this is a pattern we've seen repeated. But now it's on a smaller scale. But is it really smaller? Because it's now all these different regionals, right? It's not just four or five multinational conglomerate banks. It's not just Chase, Citigroup. Bank of America, Wells Fargo, right? It's not just them. Now it's banks we've never even fucking heard of. I've never heard of Silicon Valley Bank. Did you? Well, we should have because they had $200 billion wrapped up in this financial system. And now they've defaulted. They're fucked. They don't have the money. And that now Roku has lost 25% of their money because of them. So then what's next? And so this happens on a Friday. That means everyone's got all weekend. They're making phone calls. They're trying to figure out who's got what. This First Republic Bank now is under is in trouble. This bank is in trouble. That bank is in trouble. They're all running around trying to find capital for Monday's payroll. This is like uh, real life musical chairs with bombs on them. Someone's not going to have a chair come Monday, y'all. Someone's not going to have a fucking chair. And when that CEO, that company does not have a chair, all their employees are not going to have checks. How deep does this go? I need us to look at our lending terms. I need us to call our banks, get on the website, see how much money they have underneath asset management, see who their big uh, cornerstone depositors are, right? Banks have to release public financial records. If you've got more than $250, $250,000, excuse me, in any of these banks, I need you to do your due diligence extremely 
carefully right now, whether it be operational costs, uh, loans, um, maintenance stuff, CapEx accounts, anything, tax accounts, anything you have, if it's more than 250000 in one spot, do your due diligence with a fine-tooth comb on these banks and lending institutions. Because you know what else they told these people from Silicon Valley Bank? Oh, you can't get your money out right now. But any loans you have still keep paying on the loans. What? What? You hear that shit? Okay. So, March, there's a Fed meeting coming up. Which means that they're going to raise rates again. We don't know if it's going to be 25 basis points or 50 basis points. But let me give you some fucking game here, people. Whenever you hear about rates being risen by the Federal Reserve, you know what that means for you? If you have a perfect credit score, if they raise the rates from the Federal Reserve, because that's when they say they're raising rates, that's the money they charge to lend to the big banks. If they raise it a half a percent, whatever percentage they raise it for the banks, it's three times that for us. So if they raise it by 50 percentage basis points, which is 0.5, which is half a percent, then that's a percent and a half for us. So if you're borrowing money today, let's say your credit card's at 15%, it's going to go up a percent and a half at least, right? It's going to adjust with that. So keep thinking about that. When you start dealing with numbers, right? And that's if you have perfect, 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 perfect credit, right? So it's really probably going to be more like, Four or five times that. So it's going to be 2%, 2.5%. Right? Compounding every month. This is going to, this is how things break. Because when they get below the threshold, just like when me and you get below the threshold of how much cash we need to keep, we start to sell shit. And when you're, when you do panic sales or do you, uh, unplanned sales or sales when before you're ready, you have to take less money. And as you sell things and they're worth less money, you're seeing your net worth go down. Same thing's happening to the banks. Right? So they were holding a year ago on their balance sheet, call it $30 billion in crypto. Well, we all know crypto's gone down 60 70% in the past year. So that $30 billion now is only worth $10 billion. So they got to sell assets in order to balance out there. So they have to realize those losses. So guys... It's lost realized time. Listen, you are in a better position if you find the losses and realize them before someone else does. Because if the creditors, if if everybody else, your partners, somebody else finds out that the losses are not realized and you guys are skating on fake air, oh, your ship is going to sink. This is the time for everyone to slow down, clean up, Let's really figure out what we got going and do some fine research, real research. Figure out what's on your bank's balance sheet. It, if, if you can't understand it or it's not right or something's crazy, it, you, you, I'm telling you, do not be lazy with your money right now. You have to manage our money. There are even big banks. There are big banks that have unrealized losses on their balance sheet. I believe 
Check, look at Bank of America's unrealized losses. Crazy amount of percentage. The unrealized losses that these banks are carrying on on their books are 20, 30, 40% of their total value. Do you understand? Uh, These banks are carrying dead weight of 20, 30, 40%. Yeah, this is coming, y'all. This ain't going to just be a regional problem. That's why I'm doing this episode. So, with that being said, get out your goddamn magnifying glasses to read all those privacy statements and all those little fine uh, print things. Get out the Googles so we can go ahead and research people's balance sheets, see where these banks are at, see where inversion charts are at. Let's really start diving deep into this if we want to keep this money. Because it was easy to make money over the past 10 years. But let's try to keep it for the next 10. That's the challenge. So with that being said, I want you to remember today's affirmation. Hello from Silent Serenity app. Proud partner. Yes, I surely am. But today's affirmation from the Silent Serenity app is I am worthy of love, compassion and understanding. Look at that. So download our app, man. Give you some cool stuff. Daily affirmations, calming sounds, and other great things for your uh, mental health and self-wellness and self-care. Once again, that's uh, Silent Serenity Apple Store. You know what the deal is. Follow us on all the socials. Share us. BLK Wall underscore podcast. Appreciate you guys for listening. Be safe out there. Let's keep this money. So we can have more properties and make way more money than we're supposed to. Because I think making money means that we can that we can expand more of our properties, and then we can make more money by having um, better properties.